Hey everyone, I'm Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota's Friday Roundtable. And with any show, we got to build that Locked On menu. So fellas, let's get locked in. What you got, Luke? Yeah, Ron, as if Eric Kendricks and Adam Thielen wasn't enough. Now Zadarius Smith says he wants out of Minnesota, according to Ian Rappaport yesterday. Could this be a ploy for a new contract, or does Big Z want a fresh start somewhere else? Mm. There's another report, as the Vikings' exodus continues, that Dalvin Cook might have a trade offer on the table should the Vikings pull the trigger. And, of course, we got some hoops talk. Big Cat, when are we going to see him? 46 games missed. When can we expect Cat back? And Adam Thielen is no longer a Minnesota Viking. I feel like I need to play the boys to men music uh, in the background with it's so hard to say goodbye <laughs> to yesterday. Bomb, 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 bomb. And uh, the Minnesota Vikings have to move on. We'll talk about that next coming up on the round table. And remember this episode is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. And hey, it's, it's close, people. March 12th, Selection Sunday. You are going to want to be on the FanDuel app to make sure you get your parlays in because it's going to be exciting. I'm going to tell you this now. Fives, they're not safe. They find ways to lose, but we'll see who gets that 5C coming up on Sunday. Well, fellas, let's jump out there. We got to start with uh, the Adam Thielen talk. Uh, it, it's a tough one uh, for me. Like I said, I, Adam Thielen came in on practice squad, I think, in 2013. 14 is when I started getting involved with the Vikings, and he was killing it on special teams. And I found a tweet, actually, and I, and I think he retweeted it when I reposted it. That way back when in training camp, must have been maybe my first true training camp, like just being there, checking it out. Um, and I said, man, this Adam Thielen kid uh, can run routes. He seems solid. I think he's going to be a guy. And and I was just saying as far as like you need to add him to this roster, I think he can really help. Now, I didn't know he would be a 50 touchdown guy, uh, but I've, I've been this entire journey with Adam Thielen. I'm friends with him and his wife. Um, so it's tough. It, it's tough when guys like this go, but it's a business. Um, I still can reach out to him, but it'll be hard not seeing him at training camp, not seeing his his family there. I mean, it's been a, a fun nine years. I mean, that's crazy to even say nine years of uh, Adam Thielen, Thielen being on the active roster. And so I'm going to jump out there, fellas. Uh, start with you, Luke. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, Ron, listen, Quasi knew when he kicked the can down the road and restructured his deal last offseason, there was never any way or chance they could pay a soon-to-be 33-year-old wide receiver $20 million. Even someone as special as Adam Thielen can't do it, just not very realistic. So a restructure or release was always the plan here. And if Thielen wasn't willing to restructure like we saw, then mm -hmm. just from a pure numbers standpoint, they had to keep chipping away at this cap mess. And knowing Thielen would likely be gone in 2023 I think was a huge reason looking back now that Quasey went out and made the move to bring in TJ Hawkinson like he did different position sure but as we saw he's the new clear-cut number two weapon in the passing game now which took a lot of pressure off the need to pay a guy like Thielen 20 million dollars or go spend a lot of money you don't have on a receiver and free agency so 
Getting Hawkinson in here was a huge for a lot of reasons, but one that maybe gets overlooked, the fact that Kwesi had some flexibility here, wasn't pigeonholed, paying Thielen all that money, still has two playmakers in the passing game with J.J., obviously, and Hawkinson. So looking at the passing game now, next season with no Thielen, I think for one, it tells you they're ready to put some extra stock into K.J. Osborne as the new wide receiver two, stepping into a bigger role. After everything we saw from last season, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. But even that, you know, because it's such a pass-happy league, you look at the teams that were left at the end of the year, Bengals, the Eagles, the fact that they had two stud-wide receivers and the impact that that had in this new pass-heavy league. I think targeting a receiver in the draft just to keep building around Justin Jefferson should still be on the table in round one. Yeah, I'm going to spend my time <clears throat> talking about 2017. Um, you know, I, I know most of these guys on a media player relationship level. Um, I spent a lot of time around this team during Thielen's career and his class during the 2017 season, when he was the breakout star, the team was killing it. And all the reporters were at uh, winter park that year. Adam Thielen talked to everybody. He did three rounds of interviews every single day. Everybody wanted to talk to the Mankato kid, the Detroit Lakes kid, and he was gracious with his time and always has been really for his entire time in purple. He's one of the great Minnesota Vikings stories of all time. Guaranteed Ring of Honor member. This is going to be the guy that is at all the games in the future. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a reunion after Thielen uh, his market might cool down in a couple of years, maybe after he spends a couple of years from team to team uh, having an impact. Maybe that impact lessens a little bit. I could see him playing his final year in Minnesota and having one more reunion tour. But for now, uh, it stings. It stings to lose a player of that caliber, someone who's been you hoped would retire a Viking, as he said. Didn't happen that way. Uh, money situation got bad. But uh, I'll always remember Thielen's class with reporters and the time that he gave us and uh, the show that he put on, on the field, unbelievable player. Yeah. Um, that's, that's more so my sentiment as well. Adam Thielen was one of the first Vikings players that I talked to when I got to Minnesota, um, gave me um, his time for a one-on-one -on -one interview. Great guy. Great to talk to. One thing I always remember uh, going to most of the Vikings road games and home games over the last two seasons, he's the very first person that they give you <laughs> after mm -hmm. each and every game. And no matter if they win or if they lose, like he's always, he's never in a, a bad mood. Well, not visibly anyway. <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of those losses last season stung, but he never was in, a mood that, you know, you couldn't ask him anything and he wouldn't give you his honest opinion and his honest thoughts on everything. And so I think that's going to be something that I miss a lot. You know, that 2021 season, he had a lot of injuries that he battled uh, with that, that ankle. And that was, it was tough, but he was kind of like on his way to like another breakout season. He had 10 touchdowns. Like that was the guy that, we all came to know after he became a playmaker for this Vikings team. And so it's tough to see them let a guy like that go. I think the league is kind of moving towards some of the younger, you know, guys, the more, the more dynamic guys and all that. You see everybody at the combine, all these receivers are running a four, two, four, three, and all that. Like the league is kind of going more towards that. But I think 
for someone like him, there's still a place for him in this league to to show what he can do. And and he's a guy that can get open for you, move the chains, and hopefully we see him get his opportunity to do that somewhere else. But that's going to be a weird thing next year when the Vikings come out there on that field and he's not with them. Well, here's the one thing about Adam Thielen that I know. And Adam Thielen, is a, he's a great kid, uh, great father. Uh, he's a man of God. And I think that's what's always been the best thing about Adam Thielen in that locker room. He was always a positive influence. He was always a guy that they can count on. If there was ever news breaking, you're never going to hear Adam Thielen's name like out after 4 a.m. He is human. Um, We have seen him go through his struggles, whether it's arguing on the field, whether it's a conversation about uh, this receiver, this receiver, that or Adam Thielen, you know, is feeling this type of way or whatever. And so this is just the human side of the business. Now, after since 2014, you look at Adam Thielen, 534 catches, almost 7,000 yards, 666 or sorry, 6,600 yards. Um, you know, you look at touchdowns, 55 touchdowns, all in purple. And this was a kid that got paid like a small amount of money to come try out for the Vikings. Like did not get a big time offer, did not get, you know, had to pay his own way to work out, had to find his own agent. Like people weren't knocking down his door uh, to come represent Adam Thielen. And he's been nothing but a consummate pro. And that's why I think Adam Thielen is going to be missed. But the one thing that that uh, I think, Luke, you hit it, the nail on the head. When you bring in a guy like TJ Hawkinson, uh, you look at a lot of teams where the tight end is wide receiver one or two. Um, that's where the Minnesota Vikings were headed. And I think that's that was the clash of the Titans when you look at Adam Thielen versus TJ Hawkinson. Um, younger, uh, probably more production in the red zone. Adam Thielen was one of the best wide, uh, red zone receivers I've ever seen. Uh, 2018, look at that 113 catch season, 1,300 yards. I mean, he was doing things that nobody in this league had done for a while. So hats off to Adam Thielen on a great career. He still has a lot, a little bit left on the treads, though. You know, he's going to go somewhere. Who knows where, but we'll see. Um, we have to move real, on. Real quick, real yeah. quick, Ron. I just want to give, it t- for context, his overall Minnesota Vikings franchise stats, top five in games played for receivers, third in receptions uh, behind Chris Carter and Randy Moss, fourth in yards just behind Moss Carter and Anthony Carter, third in touchdowns. So I hmm. think you can, you can safely say Adam Thielen might be the third best Vikings receiver of all time. Maybe yeah, you yeah. can have an argument for, you know, a Jake Reed, Anthony Carter, Stefan Diggs. You can have that argument, but there is a case to be made that it's Moss Carter Thielen. Yeah, definitely on that Mount Rushmore, right? Of Vikings all time. Great receivers for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll have to have we'll have to do that next week. We'll have to do the, the Mount Rushmore of Vikings receivers where they stand, and we'll see what, what your four are. Uh, stake a claim. We'll have that coming up next week, uh, as well as Final Four talk, a little bit of uh, tourney talk, and then, of course, the parlay with FanDuel. But we have a word from our sponsors. Yeah, let's talk about FanDuel. Uh, March Madness coming up. If you want to get on the action, download the FanDuel app. Very secure, very easy to use. And you can get in the action in so many different ways. Point spread, money line, over, under. You can stack bets within the game for a same-game parlay. You can bet on points plus rebounds plus assists, final scoring margin. There's so many creative ways to get started at FanDuel. And you can get a no-sweat first bet if you're a new customer. Yes, get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't hit. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Instant payouts when you win. Parlays are a ton of fun. 
teasers. You can affect that point spread and make it a little easier to hit. Those are fun as well. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started with your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Well, we got to talk about this. More Vikings news. Today's player is a lot different than yesterday's player. Now you can tweet out, I don't want to be here. You can send a DM or you can make an Instagram reel saying, I want out. And the Vikings said, please. Yeah, right. Child, please. You're not, we're not letting you go. But there has to be something behind the scenes that we don't know. So whether Brian Flores has hinted at maybe some type of four, three hybrid and Zadarius is like, man, I don't really fit in this. So there's something to this because a 13 and four season, successful relationship with Daniil Hunter. I don't understand why somebody would want to leave other than one tampering. Another team has told him how much they would give him to get him, you know, to get them on their team Two, there's a change in the defense that we have not heard yet, which could be, did Brian Flores tell them already? We're probably going to run some type of four, three look with Zadarius being able to come over and be a sub rush linebacker. Who knows what the problem is, but we'll go to you first, Sam. What are your thoughts yep. on this with Zarius Smith and the Vikings saying he wants out and they're like, nah, not happening. So I'll give you a quick little source. It is going to be a three, four. It's going to be a three, four with, with sub packages, but we're, they're not, there's no dramatic defensive scheme change in terms of the formation. They will play more man. They will blitz more, but it is going to be a three, four. So that is a fit um, base salary. 9.45 million. He might view that as unfair. Like not just mm. because the cap hit is almost, you know, over 15 million. Um, Zedarius won't be pocketing all of that money. I think that he probably sees what his salary is at and wants more security beyond this year because he knows that um, he's also very cuttable next year based on mm -hmm. his, uh, his dead cap number. So he probably wants longer term security. He told the line with the tweet. He didn't say he wanted out. He just said, thanks for an amazing season. He didn't ask for anything. There's plausible <laughs> deniability. Um, so I think Zedarius is posturing for a new deal. Uh, even though it represents a huge cap savings, the Vikings have already, I mean, if if indeed there's a Dalvin Cook trade on the table, which we'll talk about, they've released Kendricks, they've released Thielen, the money's getting cleared up here. They don't necessarily need to, to get rid of Zedarius's money to get under the cap. By the way, I do have a little information from Ben Gessling, who tweets that this is a pre-June 1 cut of Adam Thielen. So what that means financially is they will get $6.41 million of cap space. Um, there was a thought maybe they do a post-June 1, where then you split up the loss over a couple of years, but instead they're going to absorb it all this year. So Adam Thielen will not be a Viking, and it still costs Minnesota $13.5 million. It's crazy. It's crazy. What you got, Reggie? The, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with Sam. I think it's just him getting, you know, antsy for a new deal. You look at his season last year, he's a pro bowler, but he played, what, like half the season on a bum leg? Like, uh, what was interesting, they, they had the video on, I think it was Halloween when guys were getting scared. Uh, you remember that, Ron, when, mm -hmm. when they were walking into the facility and guys were getting scared? And everybody talked about how Zadarius walked in and he was hobbling. Yeah. And it was like, oh, oh, my goodness, what's going on? But, like, he didn't really miss time because of that injury. I think, you know, he, he got set out a game or two down the stretch just for rest purposes to get him a little bit more healthy for that playoff uh, appearance. But I, I think 
he kind of got like a a little bit of a, a team friendly deal because he was coming off of that neck injury and you know there was some uncertainty with his health and all that stuff so they got a, a team friendly deal he's like look I just came back. I was a pro bowler. I, I'm good. I didn't have any of those, you know, previous, you know, neck back injuries. So time to get paid, baby. I'm, I'm getting older. I'm approaching 30. Like I, I need to get some some coins here before I can't anymore. And it's also just some security as well because of that, that case of him playing with that injury last year on his on his uh, knee. He's like, look, better security. Because if something happens and I'm and I'm not playing, then the money goes down. So I think it's just him trying to maximize his value at this point. Yeah, what you got, Luke? Both of you guys are right. This is probably the start to a little cat and mouse game to get that new contract. That's definitely how it feels right now. Sam mentioned it. He's only due $9, 10000000 million this year. And, you know, you look at the final year in the contract, basically set up to where the Vikings can easily get out of that if they want. The dead money's only less than $2 million, which is pretty crazy. So here you got a guy who balled out last season, was the sack leader of the entire league at the halfway mark, still finishes the season top five in total pressures despite being hobbled the entire second half. And now he's looking around at some of the other top pass rushers in the league making 20-plus, and he's thinking, yo, I, I want some of that. I'm feeling a little short-changed here at nine, ten million. And honestly, Ron, I think that's more than fair. I think the original three-year deal was always set up to play out like this where it's, hey, let's see how things go after one season pending how things go. We all sit down. We renegotiate next offseason. Just when you look at the structure, the bones of the deal. So here we are now. Even with the tweet speculation swirling now, I'd be shocked if he wasn't on the team next season because like Sam and Reggie kind of laid out, you look at all the big names the Vikings potentially were going to cut. Z was really never high on the list. And he was always a guy that I think matched the Brian Flores defensive scheme. When you throw other factors in, like Vikings number one report card in the league between the staff, the facility, the training room, you name it. Plus just the instant success he had in his first year and wanting to build off this 13-4 and four season. I just can't imagine Z actually wants to go play anywhere else next year. And this is all just a little back and forth game just to bump that contract up a little bit. And when you look at the current market value for a premium edge guy right now, I mean, yeah, his contract isn't way off, but there's definitely a case to be made. Another team out there would easily pay him three, four, five million more in 2023. So I get it from his side of the negotiating table. Well, yeah, and uh, the thing about Zadarius, and I, I don't, I'm going to be quick with it, it's pretty set and dry in my opinion. I do feel like, yeah, they're saying three, four, but there's something else to this. Like you don't just all of a sudden, because granted, yep, it could be the money, I'm healthy, but you weren't healthy. You didn't make it 16 games with no injuries. And yes, it wasn't the same injuries, but it was an injury. And people know when you hurt your back, you're eventually something else is wrong. So it could be your hamstring, could be your knee. Uh, knee injuries, a lot of times are hamstrings pulling on the knee. Like there's a lot. The body is completely entwined. It works together. And so I know the staff from the training staff is like, well, this is what it is. Or this is what you're feeling the pain from. Like I just went to a chiropractor. And him pulling on my hips and my ankles and my knees loosened up my back. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's 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 all together. Him cra He cracked my shoulder, which took the pain away from my neck. And so that's part of it with the Vikings, too. I bet it was like, well, dude, like you weren't fully healthy, but what are you looking for now? Whether it's trading Dalvin Cook to get more money after this one, because that's another domino that might fall. And then it is a Zadarius and Daniel Hunter show. 
But let's not forget the Neil Hunter wanted more money at one point, too. So there's going to be a lot of like you can't pay one and then not pay the other. And I know the Vikings have to be very careful in that because, again, these aren't their guys they drafted. These aren't the guys they have hearts for. They have to find a way to get these relationships created. And that's why you saw guys like Adam Thielen here for so many years because those relationships were created over time. Well, we got to move on, fellas. Next question. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, there might be a potential trade. Now, honestly, you could you could say anything like that. Like, there's nobody else saying that. There's no, like, nothing against some of the, the people that say they have sources or they've heard this. Uh, I truly believe Adam Schefter has some type of Wakanda bead stuck in, like, a lot of these rooms. Like, he has to have put Wakanda beads in every locker room and said, you know what, I got a coil bead, and I'm going to leave it here with each coach. And one of the players, like – I mean, we we saw Wakanda, we saw Black Panther and how they implanted their war dog uh, into the society of the United States. I wouldn't be surprised if every team has a player from Wakanda. We just don't know it. And they're giving Adam Schefter this info. But until Adam Schefter says it, I just really can't believe it because he is always going to like, even if it comes out, he's going to follow up with a source and say, hey, is this true? Is there a potential trade partner for Dalvin Cook? But we have to discuss it. If there is a trade partner for it, for a high price older running back, what could be the value of that in the Vikings and who could it be and what is he worth? Start with you, Reggie. Honestly, I don't know. Like the trend right now is just not paying running backs. And Dalvin is one of the more higher paid backs in the league with teams going more and more towards you know, you look at the Cowboys, what the Cowboys are doing. They're mm-hmm. they're paying Zeke all that money, but then they just franchise tag Tony Pollard. And you're like, good Lord, that's a lot of money to be tied up in the running back room. What are they doing? That's just not today's NFL. I think what's tough is, is Dalvin Cook is still a productive player. He's still a, a relatively younger player, you know, on the other side of, of 30. And I, I just, it's weird to think that, his value is is not what it should be to the point where you're like, okay, either we trade him or get rid of him. We may be able to do better with a younger guy, you know, drafting a guy. I think the the value of running backs is just it's just down right now. You know, we had reports this week of the Titans shopping Derrick Henry ahead of his potential decline, and it's it's just kind of crazy to think like these teams just really think that they could just draft a guy and and make him have the type of production that that they need you look at the chiefs what they did with pacheco this year they're kind of like a a case study in that regard because you're like okay we take a guy in the draft we can get him up to speed and and he can be productive for us we don't have to pay a guy and so i I think in the case of dalvin you just kind of take whatever you can get honestly with whoever decides that they want him if that is their decision we don't want to move forward with him at that number yeah, what you got, Luke? Yeah, honestly, more than the trade compensation back, I think it's more about saving and clearing just as much money as you can, mm-hmm. even if it feels like you're not getting full face value for a big name like Dalvin Cook. Reggie hit on it. We talk about it all the time. Running backs are just so watered down now. You see the blueprint in the NFL, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Super Bowl matchup, both with that three-man rotation, running back by committee game plan, because it works. You draft a new one every few years on day three, you do it all over again. Wash, rinse, repeat. So when you think about the season Cook is coming off of as well, it makes it really tough to justify spending 
15 million on a running back now, no matter how special he is. So if you cut him, you save about six, but if you trade him, you save about eight or nine. So it doesn't sound like a huge difference, but we know Quasey is penny pinching. He needs every million he can get right now. So even if it's just a fifth round pick, you'd be happy to take it because you're not only low on draft ammo as is. So yeah, uh, a fifth would be great. Thank you very much. But the extra money you save is worth the trade alone. And just given the deep class of free agent running backs this year, the loaded class of running backs in the draft again, I can't imagine any team's going to shell out much more than a day three pick, even being such a big name and special talent like Dalvin Cook. You never know, though. You ask for a few teams. I'm thinking maybe the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl contender. They continue to try to figure out their running back situation. Mm, a brother, pick, a brother tangent. Yeah, a little brother reunion. Yeah, now mom can just pick one stadium to go to every Sunday. And I just think... They've been swinging a lot in the draft on some running backs. Haven't really hit one out of the park. Maybe that would be a team that makes sense. And then how about, you know what? We've traded with them before. Why stop now? Detroit Lions. Jamal Williams is on the way out. DeAndre Swift probably only around another year. Could that be something in the realm of possibilities for Quasey? You can't count out anything with this guy anymore. Yeah, um, I, I too think that you need to pull the trigger if there is indeed an offer. Um, compensation probably isn't as important as the money you would save. If you look at the most beloved Vikings, though, man, they're dropping like flies. Like mm -hmm. it, I'd say that Kendricks was in the top five, gone. Adam Thielen, gone. Dalvin Cook might be gone. Uh, this is a serious exodus right now. Of all the, the jerseys that are in the crowd of the 66,000 people on Sunday, you just lost about 30,000 of those jerseys in the players that are departing. So it's a, it's a tough stretch here. This is not a week that anyone looks forward to. But looking ahead to the future, like think about where you want to probably invest your money. You want to invest your money in younger 20-somethings that are on rookie deals. You want to invest in guys like Justin Jefferson, like Christian Derrissaw, like KJ Osborne, and you you need to have money to pay those guys. Those are the guys you should prioritize instead of giving third contracts um, to veterans. And once they get to a certain point, you do need to make those business decisions. And I think this is all part of the same mindset that the Vikings want to maximize their salary cap for the future so that they can really play the game if they go to a rookie quarterback contract here pretty soon. Then they'll have money to surround that player with talent. For my thought, if it is going to happen, I don't think there's a, I mean, I, there might be, that might've been thrown out there just to see what hits the fan, like spaghetti when you're trying to figure out if it's cooked or not. Um, I don't think there's anything out there, but if there is a team looking to trade for Dalvin Cook, it's got to be a team that runs the ball. And you think about the teams that have struggled to run the ball and don't have a true running back, the Falcons who use Cordero Patterson as their running back, who he's down, you know, towards the end of his career, you got the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and can they find a running back to kind of partner with them for that RPO type of look. Uh, you look at the Eagles who could say, you know what? We have everything. We have a cheap quarterback. We have running backs that are okay. Could we use a dynamic running back like a Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I could see that. Now, picks though, that's the question is who's willing to give up what? So in my opinion, I'm not taking less than a second round pick for Dalvin Cook. I just wouldn't. I mean, I think whatever team he goes to next year, he was healthy this year. He played the entire season. He wasn't on a pitch count per se. He just was in a 2-1 situation, 2 in, 2 out. So it's got to be a team that makes sense uh, because in the rest of those top teams, 49ers, Saints, Cowboys, Titans, I just don't think any of those teams are looking to do that. The Browns, Bengals, uh, unless Joe Mixon goes to jail because he is constantly in the news. Um, 
I, I just don't see it happening. Packers, I don't see them doing it. Uh, Raiders and Josh Jacobs looks like they want him back. Giants already got Saquon Barkley. So it's got to be one of those bottom half. The, the Buccaneers just bought it. You know, they're talking about drafting Bijan uh, out of Texas. So, again, I go to those teams, you know, maybe the Chargers, because, but, you know, they don't run the ball either. It's got to be a team that is looking to run the ball. And that's why it's a small selection size out there looking to trade. Everybody's going to this pass first offense. And that's the nature of the beast with the NFL. Well, we got to move on to the next question. But before we do, we got to talk about this. Carl Anthony Towns is going to do team activities. Who knows what that means? Because the day they said it, they didn't have practice. So who knows what that means? Is he going to play horse? Is he going to, you know, just shoot around with guys standing around clapping and yelling at him to kind of give him an atmosphere if he's back in the stadium? I don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to go to Lifetime Fitness and just get a pickup game or something? But either way, Carl Anthony Towns is back on the court. Still no timetable but he's back on the court doing basketball activities. Don't know what that means. But before we jump into that, we have a word from our sponsors. Built Bar continues to be the nutritious, delicious treat that you need to stock up on to make sure you're fueled up and ready to go. Go in store to Walmart. Go in store to Sam's Club. Go to the pharmacy section while you're getting groceries and get a four-pack, get a 13-pack of Built Bars, 100% real chocolate amazing flavors, cookies and cream, double chocolate, brownie batter, and the macros, they're good for you. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, up to 17 grams of protein in these Built Bars. They don't know how they pack it all in there, but they nail it every single time with all these new innovations. You've got the granola and the puffs as well. So many different ways to consume Built Bars and so many ways to get them in Walmart, Sam's Club, or online, as always, at built.com with the promo code locked on 15. Load up on some built bars today. Well, if I were to tell you at the beginning of the season, you trade for Rudy Gobert, you're going to be tied with the Golden State Warriors. You'd be like, what? Sign me up for that. I <laughs> tie with the Warriors this late in the season? Sign Dang, me up we're for pretty that. good. We're really good. But yeah. the Warriors. Are 34 and 33. They are not doing well. And I honestly now, after looking at it, one, it's been injury. Players, you know, so you, have, you can't get Steph, Clay, and Draymond on the court at the same time. And Draymond punched Jordan Poole to start the season. And I think that's part of the problem, too. Draymond even said it. He said, I don't feel like I can voice my opinion as a captain anymore because of how the season started. Because players lost faith in them. Like, when you look at your leader, you want your leader to be the most level-headed calm cool collected guy if Kirk Cousins was throwing his helmet through walls uh you know punching players fighting the defense every week um you know staying out late you're gonna be like I, I'm not I can't trust this Kirk Cousins guy like what, what's going on with this guy like he, he went from nice Kirk to Co Kirko chains to Kirko bang like he's literally just in the streets like future would say Kirk Cousins is for the streets if he was doing that but if I were to tell you this about the Timberwolves you would have thought it was good well, it's actually not good. They're the seventh seed. But as we had Katie Storm, she's going to be coming on next week. We talked about the Kings are the team you might want to play. Seven seed, but you got to beat the Mavs. And that's the tough thing when the seven and eight play in the play-in. I don't know if you want to play the Mavs. I don't know if you want to play the Lakers. Now, the ja or the uh, Pelicans, you don't know what team you're going to get. So I start with you, Luke. Cat is back, but we don't know when he's going to play. There's only a few games left down the stretch before the playoffs start. I think April 9th might be the last game. What does this mean for Carl Anthony Towns and the, and the Timberwolves? And 
is it a value to get him in to try to make sure you're in the sixth seed possibly or stay in the seventh seed? You can beat the Mavs. Or do you rest him and go to the playoffs? What, what does this all mean? Yeah, just real quick, taking a step back, looking at the bigger picture. I, I think when you go all the way back to this injury that happened, what, three and a half months ago, Woj hit us with the Woj bomb saying Cat was going to be out four to six weeks. Somebody from the Timberwolves should have just come out and said, listen, we've talked to the doctors. This is more serious than we thought. We don't want to rush him back, put him at more risk for something like an Achilles stare down the road because, as you know, nine out of ten times player in the NBA tears his Achilles, they're toast. And forget about the playoff run for a second. If Cat were to ever suffer an injury like that, that'd be one of the worst things that could have ever happened to this entire organization. So Wolves fans just wish somebody, anybody would have came out after that initial four, six week report and said, listen, we don't have the luxury of rushing a player of his caliber back. He's too special. He means too much to the franchise and everybody's body's a little different. And we just all need to be patient with this thing. That's all they had to do. And I think fans would have been very understanding at the end of the day, but at least tell us what's going on. Be a little bit more transparent here because mm -hmm. what happens when you aren't upfront about it, it slowly leads to all these rumors, speculation, creates this kind of negative scene and vibe for the rest of the players and team to be around. That really wasn't fair, in my opinion. So the way it was handled, just looking back, it was done very poorly. Now, as far as him coming back, listen, he's moving around a little bit now. Maybe he'll be back with 15 games left. Maybe it's only something like five games. But it's a very unique scenario now where you're just going to toss in this NBA All-Star onto a playoff team with only a handful of games to go. And you don't know how he's going to handle the stamina and the fatigue factors or how his body's going to react. You don't know what his chemistry with Ann is going to be because he's kind of taken on this new role in a lot of ways since he's been gone. And you know he's got zero working relationship with Chris Conley now too. And so that just makes up for a lot of messy, delicate variables for Chris Finch to kind of sift through with really not a lot of time on the clock to figure all these things out. Is it a good problem to have? I mean, yeah, of course, absolutely. But if they aren't careful here, this whole thing could kind of set the team off the rails at the worst possible time, which would just be awfully disappointing after everything they've done to make this team a playoff caliber team that I think we all agree has the potential to make some noise in the playoffs. I don't know how they're going to play it out. Maybe they just bring him off the bench to start out with, baby him back, ease him back in. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out, Ron. Sam, what you got? Yeah, I, I love how Luke laid that out in how poorly this was handled from a PR perspective because th the way it looks and feels right now, it feels like Cat is sticking it to the Timberwolves. And because no one has cleared it up, like we're we're just gonna keep thinking that because no one's told us any different. It looks like Cat said, "Wait, you're gonna give the wrong timeline on my injury, and I'm supposed to rush back? No, I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna get a second opinion. I'm gonna wear very expensive jackets on the bench, and I'm gonna like kind of just tease you. I'm just gonna be close to the team, but I'm not actually gonna play." Um, here here's the deal. This is where I'll push back on Luke just a little bit. I'm not sure they're fully on the tracks. They've got one wheel on the tracks. They can beat some good teams, but they also struggle to beat the Rockets and the Pistons and the Hornets and the Spurs. Um, I think as currently constructed, this is a, a fun team at times. They can be plucky. This is not an NBA champion. The only variable that could change who they are now is to reintroduce Carl Anthony Towns. You have to take that shot. You're not winning a champion. You're a 500 team. You're not winning a championship. If you want to at least increase your odds a little bit, you need to see what you have in Cat. Even if it's two games left in the year, try it. You got to try it. And if it increases your odds by 10%, great. 
because it, what, what's the worst that can happen? He rejoins the team and you lose in the first round as an underdog. Okay. That's what happened last year too. Um, I think you, you need to gamble on that. And Chris Finch kind of confirmed that as well and said, he's too important to our future to not see how he fits in this puzzle. So however much time is left in the year, got to see him. What you got, Reggie? This whole thing is just bizarre, man. Like, Initially, like Luke said, four to six weeks, he'd be reevaluated. There was optimism that, you know, because when it first happened, it was like, oh, shoot, did he like blow out his Achilles just now? What just happened here? And then they're like, okay, he'll be reevaluated in January. January comes, nothing, no update. Then last month, on around Valentine's Day, Sham said that the hope was that he would come back within the last 10 to 15 games of the regular season. You look at the Timberwolves schedule right now, there are exactly 15 games left in the season. So it's like, okay. And then listening to Coach Finch talk yesterday, it doesn't sound like he's close. So like, are they just hoping to maybe get him back if they make it into the playoffs? Maybe if they get the play in again, like this whole thing is just super bizarre. And I know people were kind of comparing it to Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov got injured one night the next day in the afternoon. Okay, three to four weeks with the lower body injury. Mm -hmm. All right, we never got anything definitive on Cat. It was like, oh, he'll be reevaluated in four to six weeks. You know, he'll he'll be reevaluated in January. And then in January, when he was reevaluated, I guess. We never got any other update on like, okay, when else would he be available? This whole thing is just super bizarre. And then you're seeing him on road trips. You're seeing him out at games. And he looks like a, a person who could suit up and put a ball in a hoop. But apparently he's still not there yet. You go to practice and, and you talk to players. And then you see him over on the side working on side sessions. And you're like, Okay, what's the deal? Like, them not being very forthcoming here is is super bizarre. And you just kind of want to know, like, okay, like, was this injury a lot more serious than you guys initially thought? If so, like, it wasn't communicated at all. This dude has missed 46 games, and there's still no clear-cut answer on when he's going to come back. This is the most bizarre thing I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, so here where I go with it, with the Timberwolves, honestly, at this point, who cares? It, it, that's where I'm at. I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers in the darkness and trying to pick a team right now with Cat and when he's coming back. I really don't care anymore. Like, it's it's one of those things where I'm kind of over it. Uh, when he comes back, he comes back. If he never comes back, let's just move on. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if y'all are going to lose in the play-in game, let's just lose and let's get the baseball season so we can get football season. Because the quicker we get the baseball, the quicker we get the football. Uh, I'm just kind of over it. Like, I'm over all the back and forth and whether it's him not being fully ready. And that's the thing. We really don't know what was wrong. He's clearly said they were wrong in their diagnosis. And we've seen players sue leagues for, you know, wrong diagnosis. And this is where I go with the Timberwolves. They are two and a half games from the four seed and they're two games from the 11 seed. This is the closest race ever where these next 15 games, if they lose one game and the Warriors and the Mavericks win one and the, and the Lakers they are now the ninth seed if they or sorry, the eighth seed. If they lose two and the Lakers find a way to win two, they are the ninth seed. If the Pelicans wins two, they are the 10th seed. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where they're going to push themselves 
into the 11 seed and it's not going to matter with cat and so if you think you can get a little production out of cat bring them back if not just play with the guys you play with right now because of what you have you have a chemistry of a guys that maybe can get it going in the playoffs you got to basically feed it to anthony uh, uh edwards the gophers with pharrell Payne clearly showed last night when you have a guy you go to him every chance you get and that was the gophers mistake that's what the timberwolves are you have a guy in anthony edwards go to him every defer to him every time like he's michael jordan if jordan didn't touch the ball phil jackson was blowing the whistle or calling the timeout and say hey you go to michael jordan and so that's what the timberwolves are doing anthony edwards i i would love to have carl anthony towns back i i feel like he might mess up the flow though like, I feel like he changes the whole dynamic back where you got to figure out a high-low like Dawson Garcia and Pharrell Payne last night. You had it until foul trouble happens, and that's where Carl Anthony Towns gets you in trouble. You rely on him, he ends up in foul trouble. So if you're not going to get the production you think, don't do it. Uh, we're going to go real lightning round real quick, fellas. Uh, remember, people, you can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your TV, search Locked On Sports Minnesota. If you have an Amazon Fire or a Roku device, you can get all of our videos, all of our shows. You can see Sam's beautiful face. And sorry, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel for Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can get all of the updates right there to your phone. Every single time we post a video, you'll get an update on your phone. Just hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you don't have a YouTube account. Great one. It's really simple. Just need an email address. Well, fellas, really quick. We got a quick, couple quick ones before we get out of here. Uh, 30 seconds each one. First off, Kirill Kaprizov, uh, as mentioned, he is hurt. And he is the guy. He is the most shots on goal. He is your starter. He is he is the superstar. He's the early Sidney Crosby. With him being out, what does this mean for the Wild? And does this put them in trouble of falling out of the playoff race? I'll start with you, Sam. Fortunately, Thanks to Kaprizov, they've built up quite a cushion. I mean, I think they're they're ten points ahead of the the first you know team on the outs. They've got a very nice cushion with about fifteen games to go as well, like the Timberwolves. So I don't think they could fall out of the playoffs if they just go five hundred the rest of the way or mm-hmm. the time they're without Kirill. I think they'll be fine. But the way they were playing, they were going to make a legitimate run at the division title and being one of the top seeds in the playoffs. I don't know if they can get there. They may, might end up being a two or a three in the division. Um, but as long as he's back for the playoffs and healthy, I feel good about the Wild. Yeah, and the one thing I don't understand about hockey, and, and again, you'll have to explain to me one day, it's stupid. Like, the scoring is stupid. The the, the way they do the, the standings. Like, when I'm looking at this, if I were to look at this and see the Wild are 37 and 21, the Stars are 35 and 17, mm-hmm. I would take the team. I, and I get it, it's win percentage but they've won 37 games. One, how how have you played the same number of games, but your wins, losses are that off? And I get the uh, whatever. They don't get the win or the loss, the tie. But it just, to me, a lot of this, like it doesn't make sense how they're doing some of this. But again, that's a totally different subject. Uh, Reggie, what you got on the wild? They didn't explain that in Mighty Ducks very well. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't give me that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's just tough, man. Honestly, uh, there probably should be a group of people just lining up trying to figure out where Logan Stanley lives to just stone him in his house. Ooh. Because, like, that whole thing was just ridiculous. Why he got on this man's back and rode him all the way to the ice like that for him to land awkwardly, it was so unnecessary. And it's so preventable for him to not be hurt right now. And so I think that's probably the most frustrating thing in all of this. I think the Wild will be okay, but we're going to have to see some guys step up. You know, guys like Gaudreau, guys like Boldy, like 
they're going to have to kind of be the, that presence because there were games where only Kirill Kaprizov scored and they won. Mm-hmm. They don't have that right now. And so somebody's going to have to step up in his absence. Well, we got the uh, the college basketball, like we said, uh, March 12th. Stick around. We are going to have some of our own money we're going to give away. So you guys are going to be a part of that. Uh, we're going to make sure to Instagram it out, tweet it out, get guys to join our bracket. But you're going to win some real money from us, win our money. But in college basketball, last one before we get out of here, fellas, college basketball reveals the bracket on Sunday what are you looking forward to or what do you want to see, Luke, really fast? Yeah, Big 12, man, just domination. Kansas back at it again. They could have seven of the ten teams make the tourney, which would tie a single-season record. And then, you know, I've been watching a lot of Big 10 basketball, like a lot of us. How about the Purdue Center? Zach Eady He's going to be the tallest, biggest player in the tournament. He may be the best player in college basketball right now. He's been a lot of fun to watch. Those are the two things I'm looking at. Sam, I'm just waiting to see who my upset specials are going to be. <laughs> I, uh, I am, I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm just throwing darts. I, I can't <laughs> wait to irrationally get on board with a 13 seed and tweet about them and research them and learn all their players and live and die with them in the first round only for them to lose by 20. Can't wait for it. Reggie, what you got? Honestly, this year might be the weirdest year for me because all these teams look beatable. So it's going to take one of these teams to kind of get hot and and get there. But because like you you look at all these number ones this year, they've ended up losing right after. Um I, I maybe Houston, they look good, but Purdue, they've looked, you know, sketch at times. What I am excited about is seeing my guys, Mizzou back in the tournament this year. Maybe they can make some noise. I hope they don't go one and done. What's that like? Must be nice to have a team in the tourney. What's that like? It's different. I, I, we haven't been in a few years, so I'll let you know. <laughs> well, for me, looking at the top four, you got Alabama, UCLA, Kansas, and Houston. Uh, I'm not going to even say who I'm picking because I don't want people picking my bracket, but I have I have a sneaky one for this one, I think. But again, uh, the big team, when you look at Purdue in that five seed, uh, probably going to be a two seed, will most likely be a two seed unless something drastically happens over the next couple of days in this Big Ten deal. Uh, but you got Marquette behind them, Texas and Arizona is probably going to be your twos. You got Gonzaga, Baylor, UConn, Kansas State is your threes. You got Virginia, Miami, Xavier, St. Mary's is your fours. And then this is where it gets tricky because the fives, as I said earlier, you really don't know who's going to get a five because this becomes the committee's favorites. And you got, even though Kentucky's a 23, and Duke is a 21, I can see them giving Duke and Kentucky a five just because they're like, oh, body of work and who they played and we want them in this tournament in this bracket. And I guarantee somebody's going to get screwed and it's going to be Houston. Houston is going to end up Mm. with Duke and Kentucky probably Mm. in their bracket. They are going to screw Houston over if Houston is the overall number one seed when this is all said and done. Houston will draw a Duke at a five or a six in their tourney. And that's when you get screwed because you have to go through Duke to get to the championship. And we know tourney time, even if Coach K is not there, still the blue bloods of Duke and they still have it. Well, that'll do it for us today on Locked On Sports Minnesota. That's our roundtable. That's Reggie. That's Sam. That's Luke. I'm Ron. We want to thank you guys that continue to like, share, watch, download, subscribe. Please comment. Let us know what you think. What are your feelings on Adam Thielen no longer being a Viking? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you going to go have a drink today? I don't know, but tell us. I want to thank you and have a great day.